0: Welcome to the Christian Ministries Church Podcast. My name is Josh Barnett. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Hey, you don't start smack in this staff because he immediately replied, you're just jealous. So hey, (laughs) that's just the way it is. Uh, Well, I'm excited about what we're going to talk about tonight. I guess your Bible just falls open to Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of fame of faith. God calls great examples of faith. God calls these people, chapter 11 of Hebrews, great examples of faith. And as we scan through here, you see Noah, Abraham and Sarah, uh, Isaac. you, You see these names. And we've been looking at all of these people that the Bible calls great examples of faith. Well, you get to verse 21. It was by faith Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons, bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. Turn to Genesis chapter 25. Last week, Josh talked about Isaac. This week, we want to look at Jacob. We want to look at Jacob's life. We start reading in Genesis chapter 25, verse 24. And when the time came to give birth, Rebekah discovered that she was indeed to have twins. The first one was very red at birth and covered with thick hair like a fur coat, like Lucas. So they named him Esau. (laughs) Then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So they named him Jacob. This next line got me. Isaac was 60 years old when the twins were born. Whew. I just think in me carrying a diaper bag at my age with twins being born. I, anyway, I, well, that's a lot right there. Verse 27, as the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter. He was an outdoorsman, but Jacob had a quiet temperament preferring to stay at home. Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game Esau brought home, but Rebekah loved Jacob. One day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home, the wilderness exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? But Jacob said, first, you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath thereby selling all of his rights as the firstborn to his brother Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread, lentil stew. Esau ate the meal and he got up and left and he showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn. Our study in this lesson is on Jacob. Hebrews 11 calls the great man of faith. But I, I, I just can't leave here and go on without just a quick comment on Esau. I mean, seriously, for a lustful appetite, for a moment of gratification, how long before you're hungry again? I mean, really, how long before you're hungry again and you traded God's blessings, you traded your birthright for something that temporary? that cost you the rest of your life? This one event, I mean, how I don't know how long it takes to eat a bowl of soup, but when I'm really hungry, I don't know, five minutes? I mean, you eat a bowl of soup, and then you pay for that the rest of your life? I mean, it's true for us. We have a birthright, we've been adopted, The blessings of Abraham are mine. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. All I put my hand to is blessed. And for a moment of pleasure, how long can eating a bowl of soup last? For a moment of pleasure for the rest of your life, that moment of pleasure cost you. You just want to say, Esau, I hope that stew was good. I mean, I hope that was really, really good. It's hard to shake our head and kind of wow Esau here when the truth is we see this every day. I mean, this is not a very common occurrence. People, men, women, teenagers, for a very temporary moment of pleasure, they lose and they pay for it the rest of their life. And we we see that. I want our teenagers to know that. I mean, that long that that long, and and you pay for that the rest of your life. This is such a temporary gratification, and and I want you young people to know it always looks good. It's going to always feel good. It's going to always be fun. But what I always, and I teach this all the time, you ask yourself not is it fun, not do I want it, not would it feel good, you ask yourself is it worth the cost? And we do this every day. I see things all the time that I want. You, you go over to a clothing or something in a store, I'm always walking up to a new horse trailer I look at horse trailers on a very regular basis, and I want it. It's it's what I want. Would I enjoy it? Yes. Would it feel good? Would it be fun? Yes. But I walk away from it because I don't want to pay that much for it. And that has to be the way we look at sin. Do I want to do this? You bet I want to. Would it be fun? There is no question about that. Do you want to pay that cost for the rest of your life? Come on, come on, Esau, there's no doubt that stew was good, but was it worth that? Was it worth that? And I, I want us to get this lesson really quick. We're not talking about Esau in this lesson, but I, I can't pass this up without saying, it, it, no doubt the, the stew was good, but I think it's a little heavy, little heavy price for you. Count the cost, count the cost. Let's move on. In this lesson, we're studying Jacob. What kind of guy is this that is listed in Hebrews 11 as a what God calls a great man of faith? Okay, well, that interests me. Okay, what kind of guy is this? Well, let's look at this. Chapter 25, verse 32, he's cooking some stew. His brother comes in, I'm starving, give me some of that stew. Now he sees Esau in need. He sees Esau vulnerable. He he sees this guy that is mentally weak right now and he really takes advantage of him. He takes advantage. Cons, steals, cheats, Mm, not really. I mean, Esau traded it to him, but it really wasn't right. I mean, come on, let's be honest. You, you can justify, well, Esau traded it to me. Well, what you did really, mm, is just not quite right. You just, the, not quite right. Well, here's what I want us to see. When you get something, when you obtain something just in a not quite quite right way, Jacob never enjoyed nor walked in the blessings of that. And I see people, you get things, you, you wanna cheat, you wanna gamble, You whatever it is, you wanna, you're gonna get that. Here's what you need to know. When you, when you don't do life right, it's not ever gonna be a real blessing to you. And, and that birthright never was a huge blessing, Jacob's life. The first lesson here is you, you don't use people you don't take advantage of people in a vulnerable time in their life. You, you don't do that and live blessed, live happy, live in peace with God. We're gonna see a little later on the fear, the guilt, and the worry that Jacob lived with because of what he did. Yeah, you got the birthright but you didn't get it quite right. Our first introduction here to Jacob, this is the very first that we read of Jacob. This is not good. Our first introduction to Jacob is he cheated his brother. Okay, that's what we read about Jacob. Now we're studying Jacob, not really a thief, not really a cheat, but but it just wasn't quite right what he did. You can say Esau traded his birthright, but Jacob had a part in this too. Now here's what I want us to watch how life works. Now I want you to watch this in your own life. Jacob didn't really out and out do wrong, but it wasn't quite right either. See, you don't go really bad in one step, you, you're just going the wrong way. And, and you can watch our young people, look, you're not going the right way here. Now, well, what's the matter, what am I doing wrong? What's right? I'm just telling you, What you're doing is not quite right and it's going to take you down the wrong path. So here, our first sighting of Jacob is just not quite right. A little wrong, a little questionable. You're obtaining life in a little questionable way. Now, chapter 27, the next time we read about Jacob, chapter 27, Isaac's going blind, let's read this verse 1 chapter 27 one day isaac was old turning blind he called for esau his older son he said my son yes father i'm an old man now isaac said i don't know when i may die take your bow and quiver full of arrows and go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me prepare my favorite dish bring it here for me to eat then i'll pronounce a blessing that belongs to you my firstborn before i die but Rebekah overheard what Isaac had said to his son Esau. So when Esau left to hunt for the wild game, she said to her son Jacob, listen, overheard your father saying to Esau, bring me some wild game, prepare me a delicious meal. Then I will bless you in the Lord's presence before I die. Now, my son, listen to me, do exactly as I tell you. Go out to the flocks, Bring me two of your fine young goats. I will use them to prepare your father's favorite dish. Then you take the food into your father so he can eat it and bless you before he dies. He's going blind, and we're fixing to trick the old man. But look, Jacob replied to Rebecca, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and my skin is smooth. What if my father touches me? He'll see that I'm trying to trick him, and then he'll curse me instead of bless me. But their mother replied, then let the curse fall on me, my son. Just do what I tell you. Go get the goats. So Jacob went out, got the young goats for his mother. Rebecca took them, prepared a delicious meal the way Isaac liked it. Then she took Esau's favorite clothes, which were there in the house, gave them to her younger son, Jacob. She covered his arms and smoothed part of his neck with the skin of young goats. Then she gave Jacob the delicious meal, including freshly baked bread. So Jacob took the food to his father. My father, yes, my son, Isaac answered. Who are you, Esau or Jacob? Jacob replied, it's Esau, your firstborn son. I've done as you've told me. Here's the wild game. Now sit up, eat it so you can give me your blessing. Isaac said, whoa, how did you find it so quickly? The Lord your God put it in my path. Whoa, whoa, it just gets worse. I mean, this is just getting worse by the the minute. The Lord your God put it in my path, Jacob replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, come a little closer so I can touch you and make sure you are really Esau. So Jacob went closer to his father. Isaac ch- touched him. The voice is Jacob's, but the hands are Esau, Isaac said. But he did not recognize Jacob because Jacob's hands felt hairy, just like Esau. So Isaac prepared to bless Jacob. Are you really my son, Esau, he asked. Yes, I am, Jacob replied. Wow. Our first encounter with Jacob not just an out-and-out out liar and a cheat and a deceiver, just doing life a little wrong. Going down the wrong path, you're headed in the wrong direction. The next time we read about Jacob, we're talking full-blown here. you talking about liar, con, deceiver. Uh, this, this is unbelievable. This is the way life goes. And I want us to pay attention to the sequence of events, and it be a caution to you. let's, let's don't go a little bit the wrong way, because that'll take you the wrong way. Let, let's, it just in your business, what wasn't really wrong, but it wasn't really right either. Come on, let's do things right. Let's live right, let's act right, let's treat people right, let's do right. You don't wanna start down that path because the next time we read about you, it's gonna be bad, it's going to be bad. That's how the path of life takes you when you start going wrong. Now we've got Jacob out and out, lying, deceit, cheating. And and the lesson, once again, same lesson over and over, when you obtain things you want the wrong way, you're never blessed and you're not ever gonna enjoy life. Now, the ones you have wronged are out to get you. In verse 41, we read Esau is plotting to kill Jacob. So now Jacob has got to live his life running and hiding. Church, you you don't want to live your life running and hiding and afraid. I, I just can't tell you what peace it is to be riding in the car with my wife and I get a text, and I hand the phone to her and say, read that to me. See, you wanna live like that. Here, who is it? And read it to me. Oh, I I can't let her see the phone before I see it because who knows who that might be and what they might. Hey, would you go out in my truck and look? I don't have to worry about you looking under my seat or in my glove compartment or finding anything that, oh, wait, no, no, I'll go get it, I'll go. See, you don't wanna live life like that. You want to live life in peace, full of joy, and the only way to do that is live right. The only way to do that is live right, and you will see things in life that you are always going to want. Whatever it is, just don't do wrong to get it not in your personal life, not in your business. You just don't want to do wrong to get it because it's not going to be a blessing to you. In fact, you're going to live hiding, dodging and afraid your whole life. This is just a lesson I have tried to teach my wife. When she sees a police car, she slams on her brakes. It's guilty conscious. When you just drive the speed limit, I see a police, I wave at him and thank him for his service because I drive way too slow. I'm just throwing some things in. Here's what I'm telling you. If you'll live right, you don't have to worry. If you'll live right, you don't have to dodge the police. You don't have to hide. You just live right. Jacob carved out a rough life for himself. He carved out a real rough life for himself. Now. Separated from his family, living his life on the run, live watching over his shoulder his whole life. Whatever it is that you're trying to obtain, it's not worth living like that. Where every car that drives up, every time the phone rings, any time a truck drives up on your job site, you don't have to have a lump in your throat. You can live in peace. But the way you do that is you live right. And so many young people wanna think that living and doing right will ruin the fun in your life. And what I'm telling you, living and doing right will enable you to have fun in your life. You gotta know that. All right, Jacob's life is just such a lesson for it. He got it, he got it dishonest, and he paid a price his entire life. All right, let's go to chapter 32. The next time we read about Jacob. Chapter 32, we know Jacob lived his whole life with a knot in his stomach because we read about him trying to buy his way right with Esau. And in verse 20, you're trying to appease the one that you've wronged by gifts. Then verse 24, then one night, Jacob wrestles with God. If I were to ask for a show of hands who has wrestled with God, I'm sure every hand would go up. You, you know what that's all about. You've wrestled with God. You've done wrong. You, you, you didn't do right. You didn't handle that right. And, and you've tried to wrestle. You've, you've had to wrestle with God. You, you've, you've been there probably more than once. You've done wrong, you know you've done wrong, you're wrestling with God, you're trying to win favor of God. And it's important that we see in this wrestling match, Jacob would not let go. Jacob wouldn't let go. Verse 27, a very interesting, God asked Jacob, what is your name? Now, it's clear God knows his name. It's, it's exactly like when God was walking in the garden after Adam and Eve sinned and he asked Adam, where are you? Like God's losing it hide and go seek. He can't find Adam anywhere. God knows where Adam is. He asked that question because God wants you to know where you are. Same with Jacob. See, Jacob, what is your name? God knows who this is. But he wants Jacob to come to terms with who you are. And Jacob has to say, I am a liar, I'm a deceiver, I'm a cheat, I am Jacob. I'm Jacob. You, you, you got to come to terms with who you are, and God wants you to know who you are. Step one, God wants, to know who, wants you to know who you are. Now, the, look at verse 28. Some of your translations say immediately, but in verse 28 it says, God says your name will no longer be liar, deceiver, cheat. You're, th- that's not who you are from now on. Your name's going to be Israel. Wow. The, the Old Testament is, is full of what the Old Testament is all about is pointing to Jesus. The Old Testament points us to Jesus. The Old Covenant is a a what we call a type a shadow an example uh, the old covenant is a blueprint of our salvation of the coming new covenant, of the different life that it's going to be as we live life under the new covenant. And the old covenant, every step of the way, shows and reveals how life in the new covenant is going to be. And you gotta dig through a lot of those stories and events that don't make sense to you until you understand this is showing me something, this is teaching me something. And right here, you are talking about a illustration, a picture revealing Jesus and the new covenant. Here is our Old Testament picture of salvation. When, when you come to the end of yourself, when you get a hold of God and you won't let go, when you confess who you are, God changes you into a different person. And you are no longer that person. You from this point on will be this person. You are a new person. We call it being born again. We, we call it the old man passing away. A new, per, that is no longer me. See, you look back and that that wasn't even me. I mean, that's, I can't even believe I ever acted like that, said that, did that, entertained like that. I mean, that is so far removed. See, I am a new creation. I'm a new creature in Christ. That's what we see here. Here's the point, Jacob liar, deceiver, thief, a horrible son, a horrible father listed in Hebrews chapter 11 is a great example of faith. Now get this, Here, here's the point of this whole thing. You gotta see, when you read everything we read about Jacob, this guy is a real jerk. I mean, everything we read about Jacob, he is a liar, a deceiver, a thief, a cheat. Here, that's all we read about him until one night. He's in camp all alone. He's in camp all alone. He's by himself. He gets a hold of God. And the fight is on. See, all we read about Jacob is how bad he was. His life is not good. I mean, this is one sorry dude. And he wrestled with God. It says he would not let go. He refused to let go. And during that fight, he confesses who he was to God. And God changed his name. The point that we want to see in this is you are no longer that person you are no longer that person you are a new person you're a different person and now i want you to get this after all that is in jacob's past after all that we know about him his name is in hebrews chapter 11 remembered by god as a great man of faith church that will change your whole life when you get a hold of what I just said. When you understand what we're just reading here, it will change your whole life. Chapter 32, verse 24, Jacob's all alone in camp. Here we see a picture of salvation. I, I don't know, it, we just, we get off track. In the church, ever head bowed, every eye closed, slip a hand up, slip it right back down. But we get off track. Look here, you get alone in the camp and you wrestle with God. You do business with God and it changes who you are. You, you, you're not, you don't have an emotional song and the light's down and you slip a hand up nobody saw you and you slip it back down. No, you get alone with God. You get alone in the camp You get alone with God and you don't let go. God, I need you. I have to have you. I am a loser. I have been a cheat. I have been a deceiver. My life is not where I want it to be. I've hid, I've run, I've looked over my shoulder and I got a hold of you, God, and I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. And when you do that, When you do that, God changes your name. God changes your name. A transformation takes place. The Bible talks about being born again. The Bible talks about that old person dying and being buried and another person coming up. See, that's what salvation is all about. That's what happens in your life when you get a hold of God. That's what happens. You you got things in your past that are not right. You've got some things in your past that you've done that that are horrible. But when you come to God willing to hold on to God and, and you're all alone with God And and here's what I want you to see, church. I'm dragging this point out because you you have to see this because it changes how you see yourself. And, And it's tragic to me that we got a church full of people that still wallow in their past. They're still getting prayer over their past. They're still getting counseling over their past. They're still getting therapy over their past. They just wallow in guilt. They just wallow in it and just wallow in it. And, just, and that's tragic to me because you have never come to the place where you get a hold of God, where you grab a hold of God and you don't let go. You then see yourself like God sees you. Can you imagine God looking at Jacob and saying, he's a great example of faith. I can't think of anything that he's an example of except a cheat, a liar, a thief. He's an example of a horrible father. He's an example of a horrible son. This guy is an example of everything bad in life until God changed him. Until God changed him. And God never brings that up, he, God doesn't, Boy, he well, he in his end, he was a good example of faith, but let me tell you, this guy was some kind of a loser. God never brings that up. See, you, you got to understand how God sees you when you've been born again, how God sees you. You, you don't let the devil whip you over your past. You, you don't let the devil defeat you over what you did or over something you did, or something you said, or the way you acted. Devil, you're not whipping me over that because that didn't happen to me, that happened to an old man. That happened to somebody else. I'm not that person anymore. I have a new identity. Now I want you to write this down. Jacob had to do three things. He had to do three things to get to this point. Number one, he had to face Esau. Number two, he had to face himself. And number three, he had to face God. A lot of folks can't really get a hold of what God has for themselves because they won't be honest about their past. God, I have blown it. A lot of pride, a lot of ego, a lot of folks can't say, I sinned, I'm a sinner, and I've done wrong. See, you, you, gotta, you come to the place where I've done wrong. I've done wrong. Well, I'm facing what I've done wrong. I'm facing myself and God, I'm gonna face you. How many times have people told me, Tim, I can't come to church. That church would fall in if I walked in the doors. You don't know who I am. You, won't, you, you can't imagine what I've done. The, the concept is God can't forgive me because let me tell you some things that I've done in my life you don't understand the plan of salvation. You don't understand when God, when you get a hold of God, how he changes who you are. How God, when you get a hold of God and you won't let go, you're not Jacob anymore, you're, Esau, you're Isaac, Israel. You are Israel. And, and it's one thing to read it It's one thing to study it, but it's another thing for that to become revelation in your life. And when that becomes revelation in your life, you let those old things pass away, and you no longer wallow in your guilt and in your, man, what I did. And some of us in here have done some really bad You you were a horrible father. You were a horrible son. You were a liar. You were a cheat. You were a deceiver. There are all kinds of us in here that's done all kinds of things. I'm not talking about what you've done. I want you to look at what God did. You're not Jacob any longer. You are Israel. And when that becomes revelation in you, and you understand God doesn't see your past, God sees you as a new person and he calls you a great example of faith, not because of your past, but because of what you have allowed him to do in your life, changes your life. I want you to know you're a great example of faith. Y'all stand. God, tonight we thank you for our salvation. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you when we get a hold of you that you don't condemn us, that you don't kill us, that you don't snuff us out, but that you change our name and forgive us. Thank you, Lord. Come on, church, thank God that you've been forgiven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for changing my name. Thank you, Lord, for changing who I am. Thank you, Lord, for washing me clean. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.